I don't try to optimize the money. I have more failures than success stories. I try a lot. <laughs> That's something. I'm Gil Galanos, and welcome to StoryMark, a show about leaders, the moments that made them, and the mark they leave. On today's show, entrepreneur, inventor, and investor, Dov Moran. Widely known as the inventor of the USB flash drive, Dov is a highly successful businessman who has influenced tech in a variety of ways. He founded M-Systems in 1989 and later formed Modu, a company where he developed a modular phone in 2007. In 2010, he founded Grove Ventures, a $100 million venture capital fund investing in tech startups. I'm inspired by Dov's foresight, his ability to look into the future of technological innovation. Dov owns his failures as proudly as he holds high his multiple successes. Dov was born in Ramat Gan, and he was heavily influenced by another forward-thinking entrepreneur in his family. I live actually uh, all uh, my life as a child till the age of 18 with my grandfather. And uh, my, my grandfather, I believe, had a huge importance on my life. And uh, he was a real entrepreneur. And it took me many, many, many years to understand that actually maybe what made him live the way he lived is to prepare me to my task, to my job as an entrepreneur. He studied uh, how to do mechanics. He made money, uh, so he invested the money. He actually uh, built a, a windmill. He established a bank. He built a factory, which was very interesting because it was based on a technology that he brought from Italy. He went to Italy to bring the engineers and build a factory based on the technology uh, from there. He went to UK uh, to uh, import to Poland equipment for dig oil. And at some time, he began to buy oil fields. Actually, when he died, I probably was the one of the very few people, if not the only one, that uh, owned oil fields in Poland, huh. which I do theoretically own them till now. He was a real entrepreneur. When entrepreneurs are facing a problem, they, they break to the right, to the left. Uh, to, they understand, hey, something, we have to do something which is different, and they, have, they, they are bold enough to take such decisions. So yeah, I got the lessons from the best one. When did you get introduced to technology? I was a curious child. I think that I was relatively lonely. I, I, I read a lot, two books a day. And science and technology and computers, which just began to pop in these days, made me very curious about, hey, what's that? How things are done? When I was 16, I was sent to Tel Aviv University to study computer science. And I was terrible because the teacher was terrible. It didn't really explain. <laughs> so I found myself as one of the 10 people that there at the school. And probably I stayed there just because I was in love with one girl that came as well. <laughs> and both of us were sitting at last rows uh, trying to understand what the teacher is talking about. And I said, hey, that's what I really want to learn and understand. And when it was my time to go to the army, I chose to study before going to the Army and the Air Force. Okay, so what happened when you... Got out of the army. I was <laughs> stupid enough to believe that I am so smart that I can establish my own company. And I had no clue about what's business, what's a company, and how to do what to do. I'm talking about 1985, 1986. But I said, I want to have my own company. 
Why? Because, because I want to be the boss of myself. What was the company about? What was the idea? The, the idea was that we will do to live. We will do subcontracting for other companies and at night we'll develop products. We develop a variety of products that uh, some of them were so stupid that uh, why did we want to develop it? Some of them were smart, but we, it was not the right time to develop them. And some were maybe good, but you know, without marketing, without understanding of how to sell, we could not succeed. I'll give an example. We developed a product that allowed uh, blind people to read the screen, huh. which was very, very important. But the market in Israel was small. It was very difficult. It's very difficult to make money out of selling such a product. I'll give another example. It's my invention. And I, I did it with a very smart guy called Yankee Margalit Aladdin, uh, which I gave him, him this project as a subcontractor. Now, we had a product. We were selling it in Israel. Yeah, we did okay. But uh, how to sell it abroad? I had no clue. No single idea of how to sell such a product. And clearly, how to, not just to sell, how to manufacture in a high quantities and all the rest. I didn't have the right experience. I didn't have anything that really would lead me to create success. At some time, I gave it to Aladdin, Yanki Mangali, huh. and he did with it very, very good success, which I'm very, very happy for. You gave it and you, you had some stocks or, or something? Or it just... is complicated, but I love him. <laughs> and he's a great guy and he did wonderful. And this is fine. We, I have no complaints at all. It's not the first and not the last time. I give stuff to people and I don't try to optimize the money. I'm not trying to optimize on how many success I made. I have more failures than success stories. I try a lot. <laughs> That's something. But uh, I don't optimize on money. By the way, I'm okay. It's not that I don't have money. I'm okay. You're doing well. Yeah, so basically I went to America and that's how M-Systems was established. Wow. To do flash data storage. M-Systems was practically established as a company while I was sitting in America, having my people in Israel. And then we learned, we improved, we learned, we improved, we learned. It took us many years. I'm always late bloomer in many stuff I'm doing until it reached revenues of over a billion dollars. It was required by Sandisk for $1.6 billion. And if you think that that's a great success today, even then, I sorted it as a, a big failure. sold the company for 1.6 billion dollars and you think that it's a failure I think that this is yeah actually I think that this was a failure so why did you sell I, I was unhappy of my board it's a complicated situation that we we got in and uh, Eli Harari which was the CEO of Sundisk and a wonderful person which I really love which offered me several times before to acquire the company and By the way, it's not acquisition, it's a merger. Yeah, so it's two public companies, merge. And I refused every time he offered. Eli was smart enough to understand that I am unhappy with uh, several things that happened between me and the board. And he was smart enough to call at the right time, say, hey, dude, maybe, maybe that's the time to, do, to merger. And I said, yes, okay. Which, by the way, this by itself is a big mistake because I didn't negotiate. I didn't try to raise the price by going at the same time to Toshiba and Samsung. They could buy the company. It would be very beneficial for them to buy the company and create a race where the price goes up, which today as an investor, I know that that's the way to do it, but I was stupid enough or foolish enough not to do it then. 
And it was such a weird situation because everybody was, hey, wow, amazing. All the employees were happy. We, we have 80 employees that got options that made uh, over $1 million in options, which I'm very, very proud of that. And I was the one who really, you know, I, I almost cried. And while everybody celebrating, I, w- I walked there around the people in the building, you know, in the parties, and I really feel very terrible. What was the biggest challenge in the company's life? So when you are an entrepreneur, you are daily under concerns and you finish to raise money and you already understand that it's not enough and you begin to think about the next, the next money you should raise. You should raise. And, uh, and you bring the, the most amazing guys, which could be the best friend from high school and the best student at the university, and you find that the first guy, maybe he knows how to sell uh, ice to Eskimos, but he doesn't know how to sell uh, servers to Dell. And every day you actually are, are seeing a, challenge, a new challenge. And in some of them, you are less experienced. In some of them, they are new. With some, you can consult with other people. And with some, you are going to sleep at night, hoping that somehow in the morning, mm, the solution will come. What was next for you? When I was at M-Systems, I had an idea of a modular phone. And when uh, Senisk uh, negotiated acquiring M-Systems, I, I went and I told him, I will not stay. I have this idea. I want to do it. He said, okay, that's fine. Even we, the idea is so great. We love it. We'll give you $5 million to support your new concept. We, I raised at the beginning of module $20 million, uh, which five were for me, five from Sandisk and 10 from two VCs. And Modu was, uh, again, this is before iPhone. Uh, everybody was talking about making the phone smaller as possible. Everybody was talking about low-cost phones. The, the price target was 100 bucks. And under that came the idea of making a very small, it was the smallest phone in the world, by the way. We had the Guinness record for the smallest and lightest phone in the world. Making something which is really very small, but you can put around it jackets, we call it then, to enhance it or plug it into a car or plug it into variety stuff to make it uh, useful in a variety of cases. Uh, even, for example, plug into it a uh, BGM, blood glucose monitor for people who are suffering from that and it, this will allow them to get the data online really fast and so on. I think that the idea was truly interesting. At this time, the name was good, by the way. Why Modu? Uh, Modu comes from uh, modular, modularity, uh, Modus Vivendi is way of life, yeah? And coincidentally, as many things in life, my nickname is Dubi, so it's Moran, M-O, Dubi, to you. Huh. And the idea was great, and then came Apple with uh, the iPhone and totally changed the market of uh, smartphones, and here the company failed. Now, I'll ask you a question. So why do you think Modu failed? I think you misread the market or you didn't understand the customer's real needs. That's right. Modup failed because of me. So when was your first time investing in companies? After Modup failed and said, hey, we want to continue working with you. That's matter what we do, but we want to work together with you. They were great guys that did it. I, I, I was, but I always like to be a mentor. And Without really announcing anything, people used, began to come to me and say, hey, we have this idea, what do you think? I said, hey, sounds really amazing. And he came after a month and said, you know, I have a problem. I don't succeed to raise money because this is hardware. 
and no VCs in the country are ready to invest in hardware. So I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll give you some money, $100,000, $200,000, and you can begin, maybe show a prototype or so. And so I began to invest. I did about 10 investments. And at some time, my lawyer came to me and said, hey, you know, Dov, your investments are no good. I said, why do you think so? He said, listen, maybe you picked the right opportunities, but You pick them from the people who come to you, and these are people who worked with you at Mondo, at M-Systems, at the Navy, heard about you, met, met you in the street. But you, you get to choose the best from Class B or C. And the others are choosing the right investments from Class A or A+. And even if you choose the right stuff, right people, right uh, opportunities from A+, it still doesn't mean that you are going to succeed. It increased significantly your chances. So you, you don't do well. And I thought about it and I saw that I have to change. This, uh, my investments are not the right route for me to create success stories as I wish I would have. I came back to Israel and I, I walked until now. I'm working with uh, somebody amazing called uh, uh, Lotan, Lotan Levkovich. And I came with this, ready for this idea. I said, hey, let's establish a fund. And make it a very unique fund, a fund that, one, invest in deep technology. And by the way, it's, everybody knows what's deep technology. Then no one knew what is deep technology. But really go into the hardcore, you know, uh, hardware, semiconductors, cloud infrastructure, uh, core AI, science, materials, energy. This is what we are doing today. And second, really work with the guys, not like an investor that gives you some money and then ask you to send a report or come once a quarter to a meeting. We are four partners today. We are really working for the company. I'll tell you one thing which I think I'm really very proud of. Okay, can I? Yeah, of course. Because on the rest, I don't so much if you didn't understand <laughs> it. So what are you really proud of? There is a survey done by an American company that actually what they do, they go to the founders of the companies, they pick every new startup that got investment, and they ask the, the, the founders to compare among the VCs that in, invested in them, okay? And they have thousands of replies. And we, the VCs, have no... No influence on that. And by the way, they make sure that they really, the guys they are asking are the real guys. It's a real survey that shows reality. In this survey, they had 110 companies are the top guy companies. You have to, be, to get more than 100 responses that you'll be part of it. And we are not in an amazing place. We were last year at page 54, I think. And this year we are at, at place 26, which may not sound great. But we are the only Israel fund in this list. And the guys which are on top of us, you know, Kosla Ventures, Bessemer, are the guys that really have a background of many, many years. And of course, if you made a success, you are a Bessemer company, and you are asked today, 10 years after the company was established, which fund you are very happy you are putting as number one, you put Bessemer. We are relatively new. And getting there, getting to this list, to the, this uh, uh, place. Prestigious list. Wow. That's yep. incredible. So how many companies did you guys invest in? Uh, 35 actually, till now. Uh, there are four companies that we did succeed with, which is, I, I would blame myself, ours, ourselves for the, those failures. 
but uh, we do invest in really very, very complicated stuff that you would expect to see uh, many, many failures, and maybe one, two, three, four that succeed, which cover for the rest. But we are very good in helping our companies, and of course, their success, first of all, is because of the, the, right, the right people, the right entrepreneurs, the right management, but we contribute to that. And uh, maybe what I'm telling them, which uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you as well, we don't know how to tell them how to succeed, but at least we can tell them how not to fail. And we are helping them a lot as well with the connections, relations, and sometimes just by listening to them and, and hearing their problems and, uh, and tell them, hey, it looks bad, it's going to be okay. So what are you doing now? So I'm a, the, a managing partner of the Go Ventures. With three partners, which I'm very, very proud and happy to work with, we really touch the future, see a lot of opportunities. I enjoy the, the, the interaction with the entrepreneurs, with the help, with the investors. Really, I love the investors. I, I like to talk to them about what we do, how we do, and to make them excited, which they are. And that's such a great feeling to make you investors happy. So now I'd like to ask you a few questions that we ask each of our guests. First one being, what piece of advice you wish that someone would have given you at the start of your journey? Sometimes you have to give up. Uh, but my concept in generally is hold on, even when it's very, very difficult, even when you don't see the future. If you, like, like today with the politics in Israel, I, don't, I, I, I hold on, I don't give up, I'll, I'll fight. Yeah? Mm. So maybe my advice, if I can say it as an advice, guys, I know it's tough. It's tough for everybody. Yeah, hold on. What is one thing that most people get absolutely wrong about you? Some people think I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, what are you most optimistic about? In general, I'm very, very optimistic about everything. Of each one of us, is, we are just part of you know, a, a chain. We are... In the middle of the chain, there are the people before us, people after us. But all this big chain, which we see all of us connected, has a purpose, which is to make this world a, a bit better. Dov Moran, thank you so much for being on our show. It was wonderful having you. Thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to Storymark. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find a transcript of today's episode, along with past interviews, on our website, storymarkpodcast.org. Also, consider signing up for the Storymark newsletter, where we'll keep you up to date about upcoming guests. Visit storymarkpodcast.org to sign up, and you can also follow us on Instagram, at Storymark. Storymark is brought to you by iTrex Studios. iTrek is a nonprofit that inspires tomorrow's leaders through peer-led week-long treks in Israel to experience its innovation, diversity, and complex reality firsthand. For more information, visit itrek.org. I'm your host, Gil Galanos. Our producer is Patrick Emil, and associate producer is Rebecca Sebastian. Our editor is Zev Levi. Thanks for listening, and let's go. See you next time.